Hello everybody and welcome back to La Vie Podcast with myself, Andre Marie. And today is a special episode because I am bringing with you Vixen. Um, we used to work together at our Connected Salon and I've mentioned her in the podcast before and she's the person that really helped me when I was overconfident, overly confident <laughs> in my last um in my last place and I think I mentioned to you guys that I I was at a point where I was learning but I was concentrating on all, on all the things I felt really confident in but not on the things I didn't feel confident in and she was the person that kind of pointed that out to me and made sure that I concentrated on those things and I'm a person that loves to appreciate people and yeah so we've stayed in contact she was one of my bridesmaids at my wedding and she's come to see me today and I thought let's actually record an episode so yeah i have my first guest so welcome vixen crowd (laughs) (laughs) so we're doing a slog clap 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 and um i'm not really an interviewer but again this podcast is all about exploring having a chit chat and um Vix is a freelancer. Um, we kind of separated. How how long ago was it now? It's five years next year, two thousand fifteen. Right. So she left the salon in two thousand fifteen, and I left in two thousand seventeen. I was freelance there for an extra two years after being an employer, and then she ventured out by herself. So I'm just going to explore that world with her. We actually have had the same or well, similar. Yeah, similar journeys. Similar journeys. But today, I want to talk to her specifically about her journey. And I'm going to chip in whenever I feel I should. So, first of all, as you know, we do quotes. So, um, share a quote for us if you can. Um, My quote, which I've said to a lot of people, is sometimes in life you have to do what you have to do in order to do what you want to do. So... Did you make that one for yourself? I made it for myself because for like like ten years, I had to do what I had to do to get to 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 get to a point where I can do what I want to do. Yeah. Whereas now I'm self employed. I'm doing what I want, and no one can't tell me shit. So. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> First question: Tell me a little bit about your journey. Like, where did you start out? How did you get to where you are? I.e., freelancer. Um, well, I started in the salon in 2005. Um, I was there for three years. Um, my manager there opened her own salon. So I went to work with her 2000... Shit, what year was that? 2008, I think that salon opened. Was working with her for seven years. Um, I'm just cutting a long story short, by the way. Um, worked with her for seven years. Um, I won my first award in that salon. Well, second, if you count the was it the styling team of the year that we all won yeah we definitely count that one because that's that was our first that was our first first trophy so yeah we all won stylist um was it styling what was it it was the the styling team styling team of the year that's it yeah and then i won i think the year after that i won colorist of the year two and that was 2011 Mm -hmm. um yeah so 2015 i decided to leave because oh there's so many reasons Give me like a strong two. I think the main, one of the main reasons I left is because I don't feel like my work was being respected by the owner. I don't think she respected what I brought to the table. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I couldn't see it. A lot of people were saying to me, yeah, you need to leave, you need to leave. But you know, like when you're not ready, Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't do things 
before it's time. Mm-hmm. So I stayed, I think I probably stayed three years after I actually wanted to leave because I wasn't, I wasn't mentally, mentally or physically prepared. Okay. Yeah, that does happen. That happened to me too. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't prepared. People were telling me, oh yeah, you need to leave. And I'm like, okay, is- so spit that money then. Because- yeah. But at the same time, you get comfortable because it's like, you know how much you're getting every month. You know that your bills are going to get paid. And you get, you get very complacent in, in a certain place for a long time. So it's like, you know what, I'm cool, I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm making my money. Mm. But then I started to see that my work wasn't being respected. And I think, I wouldn't say I was taken advantage of, but I just, I can't even explain what I what I trying yeah. to say. But yeah, she just wasn't respecting my gangster, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, to, I had to do my own thing, man. Okay, um... And I remember when we worked together, I felt that um, I learned a lot from you. You were one of the people that did a lot of shortcuts and it was something that I really admired. I I didn't like shortcuts, mm-hmm. as I said before. I hated it. I loved bobs. So did I. And I loved everything else apart from shortcuts. And then once I learned the technique of shortcuts, after that, it became my favourite thing. So... How is that your passion? Because you do a lot of shortcuts. Yeah, I think I think I've got to a point where now I don't. Sometimes I feel like I don't even want to do relaxers or any sort of anything that involves washing hair. I just I could happily do cuts all day because I really like doing cuts, and especially the last year, a lot of women have cut their hair off. Yeah, like a lot. So I, I do I do like doing shortcuts, cuts and colors. That's me. That's my two favorite things to do. I like doing everything else, like braids and stuff. I've stopped doing that because it's actually starting to affect my hands now and that's another flipping side effect of this industry you get back aches and yeah i've all got these um, things yeah i've got i sometimes have to work wear a guard on my that's hands just to just to help my that's hands yeah well, yeah yeah we don't want our arthritis do we yeah because the other day i was braiding um i was braiding charlene's hair and the whole side of my right hand was getting really really painful and i was like yeah i can't do yeah. this anymore I've been I've been braiding for like fifteen plus years. I started when I was in school. I started doing it before I started doing everything else. So it's like it's it's, it's definitely started to take its toll. I've had to start doing Pilates every week now because I've just got a really bad back. I can't even wear heels anymore unless it's going to be for like two hours at a time, <laughs> or unless I know I'm going to be sitting what? down. I feel like braiding. I think what was the thing that traumatized me to the point where yeah, I was like someone's hair for hours. It's- it's long yeah i think i think one day when i was doing hair at home i did shortcuts i think i did like three shortcuts in the morning mm-hmm. got paid and then i did braids and it took me four hours and i basically got paid the same amount as a relaxer and i was like what in exactly. the crockery yeah. is going on here because for some reason a lot of people i think it's because it's a it's an african thing mm-hmm. but i know that in ivory coast braiding is maybe 15 pounds yeah. and it doesn't matter how small it is how long it is that's yeah. the price. And even, I might even be that. lying and saying £15, but it might be less. So when that that mentality, when people are like, yeah, I could go to Ghana and get it done for, for how many cents? We're not in Ghana. Do you know what I mean? We're not, we're not anywhere like that. We Here, rent is high. It's actually a lot of work. Mm. 
yeah. it's tedious work and I don't have a passion for it I think that's my thing I don't have a passion if I had a passion for braids I wouldn't mind doing it I wouldn't exactly. mind the price I wouldn't mind anything but because I don't have a passion for it I resent it yeah. and, <laughs> and, then I, and then because I'm getting pain from it I'm like and then on top of everything yeah, else exactly. you're even, yeah. you even have the audacity to hurt me yeah. if, but I get backache from doing shortcuts and I never complain about it because yeah. I love doing it yeah. so it's one of those things very, where it's very tedious you need to get yourself some sketches I keep telling people get those ugly sketches because they will save your life yeah the art supporting them kind of trainers are really good I, well, chair, well, since I've been something. wearing my sketches I have been living a better life the only thing is obviously I I need to do exercises like to stretch there's nothing really I can do about the hand situation but yeah. I remember when I first opened the salon for a good six weeks I had to wear a guard I was just like what happened I, it's, it was almost like I had nerve damage yeah and is hairdressing your passion I don't necessarily think it's doing the hair that's my passion. I like. I just like to make people feel good about themselves, mm. whether it's just having a conversation with them mm. about life or, or doing their hair or whatever it is. I don't necessarily think... I think hair adds to it because it's a specialised skill. Not everybody can do hair. Yeah. Well, there are people that can do hair. And I always... This is one thing I always say to people. There's hairdressers and there's people that can do hair. Mm-hmm. The ones that could do hair are the ones that you'll find in Peckham in any little backstreet salon. Mm. And it's just something that they've grown up doing. And you've got hairdressers that will look after the hair and maintain it for you and give you good advice. And I think I, I was the person that could do hair that became a hairdresser. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. That's it's like, like if, you, if you're a person that knows, I don't know, if you're really good at acting or everyone's like oh you should be a model yeah and then you train and you become a model then you're a professional model but yeah. i i think with hair i i kind of have this um thing where i just believe that a lot of people think that they can do mm-hmm. hair and it's just like it's so much more than that i've had people come into the sound like you are not a hairdresser yeah. at least you're not yet but and there's like- nothing you've got all the potential because you can do something with your hands but you're not educated you haven't been taken through the educated yeah, I think, system I think with those kind of people they it goes to show that we have very high standards because like when we was working at the other salon there were so many people that came in as a stylist and yeah. couldn't do a wash like for yeah. me if you can't do basic stuff you're not moving past that level until you can but that's just how I would personally train somebody same I think that that is it I mean I've, I've the thing about it is I saw a quote the other day where it, uh, I think it was a Will Smith quote it was something along the, I'm paraphrasing but it was something along the lines of 6 plus 3 equals 9 but so does 5 plus 4 like let people do everything different can be done style. in a different yeah. way and I do respect and believe that people can do something in a different way but I do believe that it's, it's a systematic process where it might be different mm. but as long as it's still taught mm-hmm. it's very important like yeah. i don't think that the hairdressing game in london is taught the same as it is in the u.s like oh, in the u.s you cannot different. even myself if i went to the u.s i would still have to pass a cosmetology yeah, exam yeah. um which i think is important but any tom dick and harry could come here open up a shop and I don't think they need an MVQ level two to have a hairdresser. And I think it's I think it's a lot less respected here. Yeah. It's, it's not seen as a craft or maybe it's not being put through the system. But there's all these, like, hairdressing... Half these, half these hair salons are not qualified. And, the thing and is, that's handle, dangerous for me. To handle chemicals, you have to have your, your MVQ level two at least. And if you don't have that, you shouldn't really be handed in chemicals. But most of them are not qualified. They just know how to do hair. But that's because no one's going to back up on you and do anything about it. Yeah. However, they do for beauty. Um, they do for yeah. beauty, but I just don't think that here it's like that. Yeah. I could have skipped so many steps and just had a salon ages ago. Yeah. Um, but... I just feel... 
I think so you, the, the, the UK think is definitely it, lacking something. If you did it that way, I think your salon would have failed because you don't. You have to go through working in a salon and learning how to manage a team and knowing how to book appointments and knowing how to order stock. It's all the little things that you yeah. learn working in the salon that you can't just go from working in your house to okay now I own a salon because now you're not going to be able to do all these things because you exactly. never had the experience. This is what I always say. I, I've I've come to the conclusion that you cannot be an assistant and go and work for yourself you're never gonna know how you're gonna miss out on so many things yeah. i think it's it's extremely extremely needed that people work in a salon yeah for i'm saying a minimum of three five. years i would say five yeah three to five the years first, the first two especially if you start from the bottom i say the first two years you're learning just how to do basic stuff yeah even if it's just making teas and coffees and learning how to fold towels and refill to be bottles. honest i would even say seven years because yeah. i feel like even when i i think when you left i think i've been at the salon coming up to nine years mm. but by the time you left i still felt like i was still a rookie mm. because then i was made a senior stylist and mm-hmm. when I was made a senior stylist things changed and then obviously mm-hmm. I became a freelancer and that changed because now no one was paying me yeah. I had to look after myself yeah. and I had to learn that before I went and owned a salon yeah. because if I had gone straight from being employed to that I wouldn't have learned those little skills that I, I had learned as a self-employed person yeah. so I think yeah I would say you need to be somewhere for the majority of your hairdressing career before you can move on to that stage because a lot of the people that you see that I have trained. Um, I don't know. There's something about the hairdressing industry that people just think I can do it by myself. And I don't know if it's the money thing. I think, yeah, I think it's definitely the money thing because now... Like, when I first started, hairdressing was an actual skill. Nowadays, you can go on YouTube, watch a, t- a couple of tutorials, and you know how to do something. Because I'm not going to lie, I've learned a few things off YouTube. So have I, but... but half these people... They're like, top-ups. Yeah, but half these people, I'll go to their Instagram page, and I will never recommend them. I will never book them for anything, because they can't do everyday hair. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They couldn't look after your hair like that, but they know they know how to do your hair. So it's those kind of people I was in. I think a lot of them, are they know the right people, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's about who you know. And if you know the right people, you will get a lot further. But me personally, I'm not... I was saying earlier today that I don't I don't socialise with people in the industry unless I know them. I, it's just not my kind of scene. I find it, um, in some aspects, a bit pretentious. I'm not with the fake shit. If I want something, I'll go directly to a source if I need the help. If I yeah. always ask if I need it, but I don't socialise with people in my industry apart from the ones that I know because I just, I just don't like anyone. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I don't <laughs> like many people in the industry. So how would you say, how is it working in both a salon and at home? Um, I think it works, it works well now. Like at first I was, I was doing six days at home and kind of mobile and travelling to people and stuff and it was cool. But I think now it's good being based somewhere because it's like a lot of my home clients are clients that I've been doing for five plus years and a lot of my salon clients are new clients. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Not saying I don't, well, I don't really like people, but I don't really want everyone to know where I live. So okay. I like to, I like to separate my home from, from work sometimes. So it is nice. And it's nice just getting out the house because there was a time when I was in the house maybe two weeks straight for seven, for a whole 14 days and leave once unless I was going to the shop. And it got, and it got quite depressing. So it's nice to kind of break it up and actually see people and interact with people. Yeah. How do you find working from home? Because in my in my experience, when I was doing stuff at home, I felt like, okay, I need to get people out of my room because I used to do it in my room, as you know. And then I moved it to the living room 
And it was cool and everything. And I just thought, I just want to come home. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to come home, get ready. Sometimes you want to come home and be a tramp in your own house. But I always had to maintain a certain level of cleansiness and I'm not saying I'm not clean but yeah, you know yeah, what I'm no, saying like you, you like sometimes you want to come home wrap your hair up be ratchet wear boxer shorts have your tits swinging out like just doing whatever you're doing and, and that was the time when I was living by myself I was no longer with my mum so it felt really good but at the same time I always had to make sure like, when people come to my house I have to make sure you look presentable I look presentable because yeah. I also didn't want to be because of the training that we had in the salon mm. it was like come to work looking a certain way. So mm. why would you change that? Because those some of those clients would come to my house or they'd see me from YouTube or whatever. If you've seen someone online mm. and you come to their house, it's like, I still kind of had to maintain that level of, okay, my head's done. I would never be in a headscarf. I would never yeah. be like in boxer shorts and you whatever. See, I, got, I was like that. And, and that's part of the reason why I separated, I went into a salon because it's like, I can only be like that with certain clients like the new clients I would always make sure that I'm, I'm fresh not saying I don't wash my skin but there's there's been times where I've literally rolled out of my bed brushed my teeth and started doing hair like I haven't even showered yet I might put them under the dryer jump in the shower do you know what I mean yeah. things like that but I think working in the salon it just it just keeps me proactive because I you can get very complacent very easily working yeah like I just I mean I never did anyone before work I, sometimes I might do them on a Sunday or something but mm. I always like if I knew a client was coming I'd be like oh my god yeah. I have to get I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to bath but yeah. if it was a regular Sunday I might have bathed later yeah. yeah or I might have just gone out it's to just, get a quick a brunch yeah. and do you know what I mean it's just that like everything had to be based around the fact that okay for the next five hours I've got clients yeah. and then my, my day will start from there yeah. so I had to make sure that the house was always immaculate and I just got so tired of making my my home my workspace yeah. and then obviously when I got with Terry it was very much like we I, I started feeling bad for him mm. because then he had to endure my lifestyle yeah. which was after like sometimes I would just make sure like all the hair was clean but then I might put things to the side because I knew that okay tomorrow okay, I've it. got clients in the morning so I might set up for my clients in the morning just in case I woke up late or something like that and then it just got and then I would see him kind of moving things out of the way so he can go to this place and I was just like oh my god we cannot live like this anymore we cannot (laughs) I just kind of felt not trampy but it, it made me see okay I don't know if I can live like this because imagine if something happens from this and we have children so now my kids are going to have to walk around this and or they're going to know that either we have to get a bigger space where Mm -hmm. I have a studio space that has nothing to do with anyone and that's the space or I've actually got to get everyone out of here full stop but that situation works real well for me you know yeah I fully get so yeah I do I I always felt like working from home I had to maintain a level of professionalism because even though you're, you're I'm still, I wasn't changing my prices as mm-hmm. well. So it's almost like if someone's coming to my house, you don't, I've been to appointments with other people mm-hmm. and gone to, to someone else's house and I've judged them yeah. on how their house yeah. is. And, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, her house was so dirty. Yeah. She had plates on the side, yep. cups dirty. And I remember those things used to grate me. Like I used to, I think sometimes clients would eat and put the plate on the floor and I would be like, what's happening here yeah i need to go and wash yep. the place like it was a whole service and obviously it was also it would also change i felt 
Yeah. People will judge yeah, you. Yeah. You will be seen as a dirty girl yeah. if you leave plates on the side or you don't have this or you don't have that. So yeah. you, it, there's so much to think about. And the thing mm-hmm. is, I never used to think like that because it was just like, well, they're the ones that put the plate on the floor. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. But they did it. But it's like you're allowing your space. You wouldn't allow that in the yeah, salon. That's, that's one thing that I always try to keep in my mind is like, how would someone view me? How would I view me if I was coming to a point yeah. with me? I think that definitely, like... I'm not going to lie, I had some little getaways where I, was, I forgot myself. Mm. And then I will just be like, no, like, I have to. And then I got into a routine, especially when I became more freelance. Yeah. And I started doing a lot of hair at home. That's when it was more apparent. Before, it was maybe one or two free clients a week. But then when it started being a lot more, I started to feel like I need to actually fix up mm. a lot more. Because, one, I don't have an assistant at home. Mm-hmm. Two everything can be seen in your house. Your house yeah. gets judged if yeah. it's not clean and people will treat your house the way you treat your house. Yeah. So if you're very laid back with it, people, like, I remember I've got, um, I had clients and we were really cool and one of them got into my bed and I was like, what's happening here? What? And that's when I was like, we need to move to the living room because there's Why nothing... Why she get in your bed for? Because she was comfortable. But that comfortable? That comfortable. Her, she was like, oh, it's a little bit chilly. So and, she took her, and she took off her socks. No, she's rude. That would have pissed and, me right off. And then, though. like, she, no. she, she got slid into my bed. And you know, like, when it happened, it happened slow motion yeah. in my head. I was like, <laughs> it was like, ch-ch, ch-ch. I was like, in no. You got into my bed. Like, if the you whole thought, appointment's cancelled now, you know? Like, <laughs> Ever. do you know what I just said to her I would prefer for you not to get into the bed and she was like oh my god I'm so sorry like she apologised no, but and why it wasn't, would you do that but it was no just no matter how comfortable you are even your brethren probably wouldn't even do that oh. I would never come to your house and get in your bed I know and I have more rights than this person yeah no, I was I was rude. very I was like wow I have to get out of here and then yeah. I think another time um it happened in the same week actually and I think she was the last straw because she got into the bed yeah. and then my other client she just um what did she do again she just lifted my covers and put her feet in my bed because she was like oh my feet are getting cold Mm -hmm. but I always had like a a blanket that I wash Mm -hmm. after like once a week I wash it and I'll just be like well you know this is like a throw that I've got and you can Mm -hmm. always put your your thing on it but when that happened I was like okay I sent a message to everyone. I said, there'll be a new location. And it was the living room. Because at least with the living room, I didn't mind that people will lay on the sofa. I didn't mind that because obviously a sofa is sort of inviting like that. But I just thought, my God, you you people actually think that it's okay to slide your feet into... That's that's part of the reason why I moved house as well. Because before me and my sister were sharing a one-bedroom flat and the front room was my bedroom. So it was like... My clients couldn't go anywhere. It was either there or in the bathroom when I was doing their hair. But I was like, I had to move. So now where I live, there's big old front room, big, big sofa. And I have my room as my room. I don't have to worry yeah. about getting hair everywhere. And things yeah, like that's that. so another thing. Separating, the, to... separating your, your living space from your working space is very important. Is it just me or no matter how much I cleaned? And I used to scrub. Okay, I, didn't have, I didn't have carpet in yeah. the flat. So I used to mop and hoover mm-hmm. and still when I would get up in the morning I'll find one hair yeah. just from, it's always from one. nowhere and I'm just like well, you can probably feel it on your skin and you can't grab it and the it thing and... is it's like I used to hoover I used to take the duvet fluff it out mm-hmm. um, in fact when I used to do hair um, I don't know what happened to me that week so that someone could get into my bed but I used to actually fold my duvet and put it on top of the cushions yeah. so that the, the the bed would be bare Yeah. Um, so I'd 
listen, the struggle was... (laughs) And how you find him being self-employed? It's the best thing that I've ever done in my whole life. I have no regrets. Don't get me wrong, there's been some really, really low times where I go into, like, mild little depressions and that. But... When you say mild depressions, what do you mean? Like, there's been times where I've just got so lonely because it's just all the little things, like... Because you're the only person out of your friends that makes money every single day, whereas everyone has to wait to the end of the month. Even down to things like booking holidays with people. Mm. I can book at any time of the year, Mm. mainly because I control my schedule. But things like that, it gets annoying. Um, Trying to go out with friends and stuff. You don't have much of a social life. That's one of the downsides. Mm. Your social life is, is quite non-existent. You have to plan every aspect of your life. But I think self-employed really teaches you how to manage your life properly. Yeah. Even though I've always been quite organised, it is it is uh, an eye-opener because it's like you go from someone managing your money to now you have to keep your receipts for every little purchase. Mm-hmm. Even if you go and buy like a little 5p lolly, you've got to keep your receipts for that. You have to make sure everyone's scheduled at a particular time so no one really overlaps. You've got to make sure you've got enough stock for that week to come. You've got to make sure you look presentable, make sure your hair's done to make sure people like want to even come back to you. You have to provide a space for people to be comfortable in and for you to bring people into. There's so much things that go into being self-employed. And mm. um, when I started, I got a new car as well, which was so necessary. Because having a beat-down car is, is more expensive to run than having a brand new car. And that's one thing I always tell people. Don't get, yeah. a, don't get a banger because it's just going to cost so much money just to keep fixing it. Yeah, I think for me, I felt... Uh, what did I feel about self-employed? I felt... I felt free, but it felt... It felt... Um, temporary. It didn't feel... It felt It felt like a phase that you go through before you get to the next phase. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It felt like, okay, I'm figuring things out. Okay, I'm earning my own money, but at some point I'm going to have to do what I'm really supposed to be doing. That's yeah. what I felt when I was self-employed. And when I got a salon, and I don't think that I could have been... I don't think I could have been um, working in a salon and then skipped being self-employed and then gone straight to owning a salon. Because mm-hmm. I think, one, the salon, the, the, the salon would have actually failed would have you up the first year. And I wouldn't have been able to handle it because a lot of the things that I did whilst I was self-employed mm-hmm. helped prep me mm-hmm. um, for the next part. Yeah. I think that, I think on the, in the hairdressing journey, I think working for yourself whether it's when you're still in the salon because when I was in the salon I was still doing hair outside of the salon because that's how I started yeah but I think being self-employed is a a big part of owning your salon I think you should always work for yourself before you own a business mm-hmm. I think it's really important just to kind of or get have to know someone that that's what they're doing because yeah if you're if I if I would have opened like obviously I've got a business partner so he is the financial person mm-hmm. but I wanted to know everything so that if something happened and he wanted to, he started a new venture or whatever, I could just do what I had to do in the yeah. salon. Um, so, like, I dibbled and dabbled in everything so I know how everything runs mm. and I know all the passwords and stuff. But when you're doing it all by yourself, it's like, rah. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> rah. It's all that. It's a, it's a, it's a I would, wow. I would always say to, what's the word? Outsource people to do things that you're not strong at. Like yeah. If you know that you're not good at doing social media, get someone to run your social media. Like don't yeah. put don't put so many hats on yourself when you can just get someone to do it for you and just pay them a little change because it's what it's only like a couple hours a day. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I would pay someone to do my social media if I wasn't good at it. Yeah. If my I wasn't, media it's is, very simple. very small because I'm literally on Instagram and that's it. Yeah. If I had like Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. But the good thing about these apps is that you can connect them all and post yeah. on one and it goes to all of them. Yeah. But apart yeah. from that, definitely um, just have... It's always good to have people around you that are either doing better than you or there's some there's people that you can learn from I don't see I don't understand why you would surround yourself with people that are not doing as good or as good as or better than you like Mm. a saying that I've always seen is you should never be the smartest person in a room Mm. because that means you're in the wrong room yeah so it's always good to have the right people around you and I think being self-employed you kind of weed out the weeds yeah but at the same time i feel i feel like when okay like i was saying this in one of my episodes where i felt like okay so what happens to me when i'm teaching everybody else because i can't you can't necessarily surround yourself with other people because Mm. you're the person that brought all those people together and in terms of ranking they're below you i.e you have your assistant so everyone's everyone's leaning up to you but then who do you lean up to so that's when i started you have different circles for different things though yeah i started i started going to classes because i was just like i cannot and probably that's when i started doing things like youtube and but i don't again like you i don't really know anyone in the industry i know people Mm -hmm. but i find it very difficult to trust in the people in the industry because a lot of people i feel they're very happy to take but not but not give but not give or collaborate or anything or it just seems a bit wow like i don't know how people really function it it's strange it's very strange like you people will say certain things or i i think i had a conversation once and next thing i knew the conversation that we had that we were supposed to collaborate on the person went and did it by themselves and i was like oh so it's like that so i could no longer have a simple conversation with you and say we're going to do something and then you just jump start and go and do something by yourself that's wild but i i see now that it's all about it's just like in any circle you have to be careful who you speak to i guess Mm -hmm. so i think i was at i was at a point where i said you know what because in in south there's like four three maybe four stylists that that are good at short hair and i'm one of them so i said you know what maybe one day i can get everyone together we can do a shoot but it's like all the other stylists they don't really seem like they're out to help anyone but themselves and i can't work with people that are not really on the same but that's being self-employed self of what what i noticed that self-employed does it makes you know that okay i'm hungry i need to get it makes you self self-employed selfish mm-hmm. it because your next meal is coming from yourself yeah. you don't have to no, unless your that. contract is somewhere so i kind of understand where certain people are coming from because for every time you've been burnt they've probably been burnt mm. twice as no, much I get that, but me me personally i'm not i'm selfish in certain ways but when it comes to me sharing knowledge with people i will always do that obviously you've got to be wary of who you talk to yeah but i would be happy to work with everyone because really and truly when you know what you bring to the table you're not afraid to eat alone as the saying goes yeah so it's like I oh we've got quotes upon quotes yeah, for you like, guys today i don't i don't because someone said to me once like do you feel intimidated by other stylists i'm like no nah, because my clients come to me for a reason do you know yeah. what i mean and they go to those people for a reason people will come a lot of people come to me because they know they can get in and out in two hours max yeah do you know what i mean it's just little things like that everyone has got their unique selling point yeah i think so, that was the, one of the things that i wanted at the salon i wanted to respect people's time yeah and then important. when when i lost an assistant i was like right well i'm gonna have to take less clients because for me 
time is precious because as you know from the other salon we used to get booked like four clients an yeah. hour yeah. and people were waiting a minimum of 35 30 to 35 minutes it, make, it makes you feel like you have to rush what you're doing and that, exactly and, and I like to chat I like to talk to my exactly. clients I like to get to know them yeah. I like to give an overall I don't know for me the service industry if you're coming into a space and you're spending I know okay I I justify my prices by the simple fact that I think okay you get conversation you get a smile mm-hmm. you get um a hello when you walk through you get the fact that i remember that if you like a tea or coffee mm-hmm. um and then you get the professional service you get the knowledge and then on top of that you might get wine you might mm-hmm. do, do you know what i mean so for me it's the whole package that's what matters to me mm-hmm. but um and i got that from being at home because my mom used to cook for my clients she'd be like mm-hmm. oh what do you want on the menu today i was like mm-hmm. this this part will not be taken to the next point in terms of um in terms of the pricing, when I first um, started became self-employed, I based the prices off salon prices because I my my in my mind I was like my clients are happy to pay that price. Yeah. So for me to do it by myself at home, they're not gonna have any qualms with it. So when it comes time for me to raise the prices, I it's can raise easier. the prices. Yeah. So and one thing people always ask me is, don't I do discounts? I say no, I don't do offer discounts. If I want to give you one, I'll give you one. But I don't do deals where you get this and you get that free. I just I'm just not that kind of stylist. Each to their own. Mm. But I don't offer discounts. Mm. I, I, my thing is, you know what you're getting when you come to me, in it. So unless it's your birthday or something, don't ask me for shit. <laughs> I give you no discounts. And have you got any tips for a self-employed person out there? Um, make sure you're. First of all, make sure you're good at money management. That mm-hmm. is one of the most important things. You have to be very organised because your whole life is going to be at, on a schedule now. Even down to booking holidays and stuff. You have to, you have to be organised. Um, yeah, money management, organisation, patience as well with people. Because when I first became self-employed, so many of my clients didn't take me seriously where they was turning up for appointments like half an hour to an hour late oh, and I was still doing them because I needed the money, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In this industry, you don't work, you don't get paid, but you have to have a lot of patience. Um, and you have to be strict with your rules as well. You have to be strict. And that's one thing that I've done. So after that, like even down to putting my website on my Instagram page, I had to take it off because people kept booking fake appointments. Okay. So when it comes to new clients, they have to, they can't go online and book themselves in until you've had at least one appointment and then we can build a little rapport and I say, you know what, take the link, book yourself in. But I don't, I don't like people to just book themselves in. I don't allow people to book any appointments after six o'clock because people will book like a weave at eight. I'm not doing that. Okay, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? So I always make sure people contact me for certain things if they want it at a certain time. Um, so that just goes back to organisation. Um I think another one, just be prepared to do a lot of stuff by yourself. Yeah. I was going to say that. I was going to say, be prepared to do a lot of things by yourself before you can even have any sort of a, any, anything that even resembles yeah. a team. Yeah. Because you kind of have to sort yourself out. You have, you have to know your own boundaries to, to bring people around you. You have to know how you work. People, if you do bring people around you, they have to know how you work. Like, if I was to build a team now, I, could, I would have to have at least one person that knows me, like, through and through that knows how I work, that knows my timings and all these kind of things. Because mm. I, can't, I can't hand over my schedule to someone and say, I'll oh, just book me appointments because I'll just book anything anytime. Yeah, I think that's what I was talking about in the, in the last episode. That's why now Beverly is my PA because she understands she's been working with me for two years. So yeah. now she was like, oh, Marie's not going to want to do that. And yeah. it feels so yeah. good. And yeah. it feels so good because she, there's no mistakes. Yeah. 
And if she doesn't know, she'll ask and yeah. I'll be like, oh, thank that's, God. That's so And important. it just makes my life so easy because yeah. now even like she's running the the salon Instagram and mm-hmm. the initiative that she's taking, she's like, I'm going to put short hair, then I'm going to put long hair together. And I was like, oh, it's all about it was, the, it's about it was the so visual. good to trust you. But yeah. again, that's what I was saying. When you train someone up, it, it makes everything easier. Yep. It, so, builds, yeah. it builds that rapport. It's definitely important. And it's important to have people around you that want to grow with you, mm-hmm. not grow against you. Yeah. And just take all your everything they're taught and they go in. and bring it somewhere else. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that, but that, but it's just a way. There's nothing wrong with growth. There's as long as it's growth, it's but all don't done be in there. don't be snaky like About certain people it. have done. Yeah. And just take all the skills and then go somewhere else. And then you're not recognising where you came from. It's things like that that piss me off. I don't like that. Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. saying you have to big up people your whole journey but just remember where you started yeah that's that's i think it's just very important to be authentic about everything that you do because i'm a big believer in energy and karma and listen the way i'm so meticulous even you know how i left the other place i was like i'm gonna tell you everything Mm. because i don't want no one to try me in that way so if anything happens i know that okay i've done everything for clean heart i've done it as honestly as i could possibly do it and it's all i can do i just think that stepping over toes is never the way one of the advice i would give is make sure that whatever you're doing you're doing with with passion or you like what you're doing because when you like i said what we said with the braids i would resent braids because Mm -hmm. it's not something that i like doing so if i I resent something then I'm not going to enjoy doing it so for me that's what that means but um I think another another tip for anyone that wants to be self-employed is always book holidays like at the beginning of every year book at least two holidays even if it's like four day getaways because you have to give yourself shit to look forward to otherwise it's like you're going to work yourself into the ground and another thing sorry is don't go over the top for certain clients because all they want is their hair done. I'm not saying don't give them a good service, but don't put yourself out for people because it's like when you're sick, they're only calling you to get their hair done. And that's one thing I've realised when I'm sick. No one really cares that you're sick. They just want their hair done. Listen, like did, you not see that, did, you not, did you not see that thing that I put up when I said um, I fall off you can fall out of a window and break all your legs and just be like, hey guys, I won't be, I won't be um, able to do hair. Then you have that one client that's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Are we still on for tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Look, that happened to me when I gave birth and I was like, I had a C-section. It wasn't planned. So I was like, I'm going to be out. And I had some clients like, oh my God, when are you coming back? Because I need my hair done. I'm thinking, I had a whole C-section. I'm actually, I'm actually so sick right now. And, I have a whole baby. Like, this person came out of me. I don't even know how to look after him. I have to look after him. And then, obviously, like I said, I came back, what, nine weeks. I came back six weeks after he was born. And I remember moving so slow in the salon because I was like, listen. And that week, I went ham in the salon. If you see the way I couldn't get up the next week because my body could not take it. And then I had clients, clients saying to me, oh, but you came back. But already... Yeah, for you people. You have you're taking another holiday and I was like holiday I'm in bed so yeah it is I I feel like sometimes clients don't appreciate and I was reading um, a little article about this about all the injuries that come with being a hairdresser yeah like clients do not appreciate the shit we have to go through imagine starting work at 10 and you don't finish till 10 that's a whole 12 hour day on your feet one break but you know what I have I do I will say I will say that I have amazing clients because I've got some clients when they come in from like work Mm. they'll bring me lunch or they'll bring me a super and I've got 
And I would I would actually say I've got a majority of them now. I mean, the new people, we know that you're, you're some people, they're new and you'll see yeah. them once and you won't see them again. But the ones that I've been riding with from before, they're very, very understanding. Yeah. And it's just the new ones, to be honest. It's just the ones, I don't know. I don't know if it's people that care or whatever, but I think some of them, everyone's got an agenda, someone, I guess. Yeah, everyone's got an agenda. But I've got like one client in particular, Sarika. I remember I was off sick and she came and bought me food to my house. She's the only person that done that. Like, yeah. I was fully sick like I couldn't get her. and it was mad because I saw her like two days before that and I was fine and then two days later I couldn't even get out of bed and she actually bought me food and she books herself in online anyway so it doesn't really matter about her getting her hair done but it's like little things like that I just really appreciate because people actually take the time to look after you because you look after them so much yeah because I do go out of my way for certain clients yeah, but um, at the same time a lot of them actually but then at the same time I'm just like you know what I can't I have to prioritise my health. Your health, yeah. Um, and I just won't be able to do certain things. And I've had new clients tell me, you know, you should extend your hours. Or I've told them, okay, well, I finished oh at God. 7. And at 6, they're like, well, I had a meeting and I had to go to my work party because someone oh, was leaving. And I'm like, okay, we can reschedule. And they're like, well, I think you're being really un- not accommodating. I'm like, uh, how? Well, this-, this episode... Oh, God, how long... Are- what are we running on now? longest episode i've done yeah. so thanks vix so i'm definitely gonna invite you down to do another one yeah. it came down to my house like sounds I like therapy lot, lot, yeah, <laughs> i have a lot to rant about sometimes sounds like therapy um so yeah so i hope you've enjoyed this episode let me know if you have any questions for vicky or if you have any questions in general um email at lavi at andrewmarie.com um please send in and follow me on instagram vixen styles there you go or put in the girl with the blue hair i will be know. putting all of your credentials in the description box book me man book me <laughs> <laughs> hope you have a great day and thank you for listening bye just a quick note unfortunately i lost some footage um i don't know how it was lost but it was which is why part of the interview has been cut so sorry about that but i didn't want i didn't want to bend this episode because it was quite a great conversation anyways i'll see you on my next episode thank you bye